We actually do, Shana. Here we go. <laughs> go ahead. Shana. Sarah. Amazing. You didn't say your name. We don't know who you That's are. Your, that I, is your name. That is my name. Amazing. <laughs> That's it. Just kidding. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan, and I am joined by someone who I think may have literally won summer with just expressing joy and loving life and inspiring me every day with her posts. And now already working on the hustle for the coming hockey season, Sarah Sivian. How the hell are you? I am great, Allison. On a scale of one to back, we are so. And maybe my posts were so inspiring because they weren't there for four months. So it's like the best <laughs> thing I could say was shutting up for once. But unfortunately or fortunately, we are back. <laughs> That's true. We forgot this whole in this whole mess. Poor Sarah didn't even have a Twitter for God. But again, it may have been a good we'll talk about it's that. For the best. For the yeah. best. Exactly. And we would not be too many men if it was not for the queen of upcycling. I'm waiting for her to make merch that suits my personal interests. It hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. The Athletics, Shana Goldman. Shana, say hi. Hi. I'm glad you said that because I found cracking stuff the other day. I was like, I should get this. Like, I know it's stuff that you could probably find in the store, but I'm going to make it cooler than what you find in the store. Always. Well, excellent. Well, my friends, we were planning on coming back. We were ready to bring you more TMM content, um, but there couldn't have been a bigger signal that we needed to come back than I don't even know what to call this. I think it's unfair to make it just a Columbus situation. I think it's unfair to make it just a Mike Babcock situation, or maybe it isn't. I don't know as I say that, but um, there've been a whole lot of rumblings. We had already talked about our concerns uh, going into the off season as people started to mention that Mike Babcock might be a coach on the rehire radar, let alone the Columbus radar. But in record time, um, this man managed to prove that a tiger doesn't change its stripes, a leopard doesn't change its spots. You pick. Um, Mike Babcock was uh, came to an agreement to depart his employee of the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach before ever coaching a single game or leading a single practice. I think he might be the only NHL coach to have a record of 0-0-0 with a team. Who's to say? Um, but let's break down what happened because uh, our personal text chat has been going crazy um, in what we have affectionately called when the worst person you know makes a great point. <laughs> and that is that last week, and it was funny, I was actually in Ohio for a friend's um, special event and coming back to Seattle when news broke of a episode of Spitting Chicklets um, that Spitting shared... Chicklets. Sorry. <laughs> spitting Chicklets. What? Isn't that what it's called? It's like spitting chicklets, but you said it so properly. (laughs) It's the most proper they've ever sounded before. There's so much energy around this. I'm trying. Sorry. (laughs) Um, They came out and said that there were reports that Mike Babcock was gaining access to players' phones, taking access, I guess I should say, was the original representation 
and then accessing content, namely pictures on those phones. And the original report was displaying them to others, to the coach and the player. I'm not really sure if that was ever 100% clear, but via AirPlay. So in a public forum. After that report came out, um, and Boone Jenner was named um, in the report. So Boone Jenner did not insert himself into this mess. He was brought into this mess. Shortly after this report caught fire, uh, the club, the Columbus Blue Jackets, issued a report. And listen, y'all, it's never the mess. It's trying to hide the mess that gets you in trouble. The Blue Jackets put out a report jointly by Mike Babcock and Boone Jenner, vehemently denying the report. So let's stop there. First and foremost, and I made the unfortunate choice of watching some of the press conference yesterday that the Blue Jackets held. And you people in the YouTube chat need to find a hobby because some of the stuff I saw calling people snowflakes and this and that, I beg of any of you to say that you are comfortable handing over your phone and what we all use our phones for these days to someone who is not a close trusted personal friend and maybe even not then and saying, here, have at it, gain access to my phone. Sarah, I know you put out some pretty solid tweets about this. Talk about the act that we originally heard reported about gaining access to players' phones and displaying its content. The first thing that comes to my mind is what if somebody's a closeted gay person and they get their phone ripped from them? And it's so different when you're 18 to 20 years old as opposed to when you're Boone Jenner older. Even so, I thought it was hilarious that Babcock actually asked for Jarmos phone too i'm like okay that's kind of a yarmo you guys have your own leon dry sidles in episode yeah. one of the season and it's something <laughs> i have been waiting for thank you universe listen guys before we go even deeper into this i feel like when i stop writing for a while it's like oh my god will i remember how to write I know. now i'm like will i remember how to speak and I guess I don't. So minus one for me, and we'll see where we go on the plus minuses. But to get back to the more serious conversation, it's just an invasion of privacy, especially there's so many facets to this. When you get to like the younger guys, I know some of the prospects are 18. It's like, what do they have on their phones of maybe other people that they didn't consent to Mike fucking Babcock seeing? What, even if it's not something explicit in nature or whatever, that's such an invasion of privacy. Your phones are an extension of yourself these days. And it's just, why couldn't he ask people to prepare a PowerPoint where they are choosing the pictures themselves and they have some agency and they're excited to show him? Yeah, there's a way to do that. That's a good point. You could, it's kind of awkward, like first day of school, what'd you do on your summer vacation? But like, you could do that. If you're, if you're saying, I want to get to know you and to get to know you, I want to know what you do in your off time, right? we would be the first people to say it's a good thing. If you're someone like, how does this affect the Leafs? Austin Matthews wanting to say, hey, I'm into fashion and this is how you can express it. Go off. If you want to say, I love sailing. This is what I did this summer. Here's pictures of it. Like prep that. Otherwise, you might not want to hand over your phone. And if you're an 18 or 19 year old picture player and you're put in that position, right? Do you want to be the one to say, no, you can't see my phone? You don't know what pictures there are. There could be explicit pictures on there. There could be pictures of them shit hammered over the summer that they don't want their coach seeing like right off the bat, even though it's like, oh, what's the big deal about it? You don't need something that's going to be held over your head in the future, especially with a coach that has a reputation for doing that. It's just an uncomfortable situation. So while everybody might not have experienced that and we know we've heard that to be the case, right? It's still something you don't want to just 
do. You don't want to say, here's my phone. Enjoy. Like, let me at least throw it in an album. Something. Your point of intent is really the crux of that there where it's like, okay, we know Mike Babcock and we know several instances publicly where he has not had good intentions and actively has had bad intentions. So off the bat, we distrust him. And then if he had good intentions, he would have just done it in that way. And it would have still been a little weird and corny and esoteric. And that's who he is. And why did they hire him to begin with? And I want to say that I didn't get to report this initially just for reasons. But when in the beginning of when he was hired, I had a Blue Jacket source come to me and say, what the hell are we doing? Nobody like thought this was a why was this even a thing? Yep. So, yeah, I think I think th- this is the thing. And people can sit and debate about the phone and the, you know, the pictures and how are they displayed this really comes down to two things, and that's invasion of privacy and power. And Babcock violated the proper use of both. So talk about taking your phone and looking at your pictures. It's the same thing as saying, what if a coach shows up to your house and says, I want to go through what's in your drawers or what's in your closet or what's in your bathroom cabinet, that this is about invasion of privacy and this is about using power to assert control. So that's what first went down. When the club gave out a statement that said that they vehemently denied these accusations, if you will, we all were kind of, because let's be clear, y'all, Spitting Chicklets <laughs> is not a show that I'm going to listen to. They have um, exhibited a lot of misogyny. They have exhibited a lot of sexism. They have exhibited a lot of other treatment of underrepresented communities that I am not a fan of supporting that kind of content. However, as we said, the worst person we knew just made a great point. Um, The whiplash swing of people saying, see, the club said no, everything's fine. And I'm going to say this about the Columbus fan base, but I think many fan bases would have done this. The digging in of heels and saying, see, the club said it's fine. These guys are crazy. Sometimes two things can be true. A source can do some horrible, horrible things, but a source can bring important news to light. And Sarah, again, I know you put out some tweets about this and had to stand your ground against some pretty, in my opinion, insane responses. Um, We're back. Your, th- your, your thought on Paul Bissonnette. <laughs> Welcome back to Twitter. Miss you so much. On Paul Bissonnette and, and Ryan Whitney as being advocates for the players and sources for stories that do need a platform. Yeah, listen, what do we want here? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Maybe we haven't been a fan of this podcast in the past. We don't have to be a fan in the present or the future, but don't we want people to advocate for the players at heart? And don't we want to see progress within people that haven't always been our favorites to bring issues to light? Because otherwise, what the hell are we doing? I I think, yes, the gloating about it and the back and forth and the... You don't, you can hold two different things in your mind and you don't have to play the, I was right without any evidence of that game. Like just the things that I was seeing, I was like, hey guys, why are we bending over backwards for Mike Babcock? Because it's always something more. If the guys on Spit and Chicklets have wanted to defend the league and not go against PR or coaches or anything like that in the past. So when they say something like this, let's use some media literacy and be like, they get guys on their podcast only if the PR says yes. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of going out on a limb here with this and BizWorks for TNT. And it's like, you really 
do not want to rattle the feathers unless you actually have proof. And anybody who works in this or around this league has 700 stories about Mike Babcock off the record. And when I started tweeting stuff about this, multiple players that have not been named in these reports yet have come to me and told me their stories about him, obviously off the record, but it's just so many people have a story about this man that they are excited to tell. So it just goes to show like, if you really should sit and think about why you can't hold two truths in your brain at the same time that like, yes, you don't have to love this podcast, but let's think critically about why they wouldn't lie about something like this right, and why it's right. good. It's good. Even if bad, bad, you know what? I don't know them. Yeah. Um, but if well, people and- that have done bad things publicly in the past, it's good if they're doing something good now. <laughs> And, you know, too, like, I want to be very clear. I think the one of the responses that Biz put out in the immediate aftermath, in my opinion, was wholly inappropriate. I'm not going to read it because I, again, you don't respond to these accusations or someone calling you a liar with further representation of misogyny or sexual assault, quite frankly. But, you know, to me, and, and this was something that did come up in the Columbus um, press conference, and it is on their YouTube. If you're interested in watching it, you should go watch it. But um, you know, sometimes, and this happens to all of us in our businesses, I'm sure we can all think of an example, even if our bosses are well-intentioned or not, sometimes you don't feel like you have an outlet to go to with your concerns. And in this case, and by all accounts, the players trust the two hosts of this podcast. They know that they have their back. And, you know, someone said to me, they were like, well, why didn't they go to the players association or why didn't they file a complaint? And I'm like, in the players world, in a way, that's what they did. They went to an avenue that they thought would at the very least give them empathy and understand or at best advocate for them. I mean, Shana, again, this isn't a show or people that we would ever advocate for their body of work, but is there value in their reporting and how do we not condemn an important act, even if it's coming from a source that we know it can be very problematic in our in our opinion? Yeah, I think we just kind of have to like compartmentalize it a little bit because we have to understand like this is where the players felt comfortable going. Maybe they didn't go to the NHLPA in the past because the NHLPA hasn't been very effective in the past. The fact that they were here, it's like such a huge moment for them and it's under new leadership. So it's understandable that, you know, it's a different vibe. But if you don't feel that avenues there and we can look at a ton of different media sources and understand why, because they were so quick to give redemption arcs to Mike Babcock why would they listen why wouldn't they just bury it how have they handled situations in the past there's all things you have to ask why they chose this it doesn't matter the fact of the matter is this is where they were comfortable going and they went somewhere were advocated for and look at what happened since that I think the players can feel pretty good and if you know Chicklets wants to somehow use their platform for good and and let the players know and if this is a signal hey if you have concerns We're not, and this is the big thing too. They didn't just spew this on the podcast. It does seem like it was handled in the right way. They double-checked it and went to other sources before just, you know, talking shit about something, right? If the players can see that and go, well, that's important, that's a good thing, like, and they want to become that platform for good in some way to protect the players, that's a step in the right direction. So, you know, I have issues with them. Everyone has issues with them. We have issues with a million different platforms. You know, like no one here is perfect, but I think everyone was so quick to just shit on the source and so quickly jump on the Blue Jacket statement when 
you, you like you're not looking at the context around that either right you know and I, I think, and I think too like it's interesting to, to your point Shana that you said in the little that any of us know a player that we cover it is not unbelievable to me that the Boone Jenner that gave that statement had a very different experience with exactly. Mike Babcock than any of the younger players that were having an experience with Mike Babcock. And Shana, you mentioned too what came next. So let's go there. This complaint seems to be put down to rest. Mike Babcock is with the organization at their prospects tournament in Traverse City, Michigan. And all of a sudden, the Players Association, including their new head, Marty Walsh, is on their way to Columbus to interview the players. And this is exactly what a union is supposed to do, is advocate for their members and make sure that they are in an appropriate and safe environment to do what they're being paid to do. And Shana, you had a reaction the minute we saw that Marty Walsh was on the case. Um, but does this signal, you know, we talk about Spit and Chicklets being advocates, but if there is a better, more official outlet that can show that they will be advocates what did the actions of the pa signal to you yeah i think the fact that they one took this seriously too i do think it's important too that babcock wasn't there so in the future maybe that is a, you know an element i'd like to see would they say hey the coach can't be here while we handle this because it just so happened to work out but i think the fact that they were swift on this and they took it seriously and they made the statement saying hey someone has to protect the players that's our job right here if they're going to take it seriously and handle situations like that, it's a good sign for the players. Do I think players are going to run and tell them their problems now because they did one good thing? No. But do I think that they'll think twice and go, maybe we have something? Absolutely. So whichever way players feel that they have to get this out, right? Any way that they can try to solve a situation, good for them. And the more that we see these types of reactions, the better it's going to be. It's unfortunate for Jenner, like that statement it makes him look bad, right? Everyone was so quick to just jump on and go, oh, let's believe him because he said it. And like you said, he could have had a different reaction from someone else. Would you have liked to hear that the captain of your team spoke to the younger players and whatever? And was that outlet for them? In this situation, maybe now they're going to learn from it too. So I think that we're seeing different, different media outlets, different organizations, different teams. It's something to learn for every element of it. And maybe the biggest one is we don't need to just jump in at PR statements. The NHLPA didn't. They still took it seriously, even though the team said it's okay. Because there's a reason a lot of us don't want to give Mike Babcock the benefit of the doubt. Of all people to defend right now and give the benefit of the doubt to, it's mind-boggling how many people were so willing to when this is someone who, when he got hired, before he got hired, didn't seem to learn anything. And when he got hired and went on his little PR tour right there, still didn't seem to think he did anything wrong and still absolved himself of literally everything. So, you know... It's so important that there's this some sort of like medium for players to go to because look yes. where everyone else went. And to your point, and to kind of close my thoughts about spitting chicklets and how we all reconcile that within for people that are struggling, I would look at it like class solidarity versus personal identity politics, right? It's like you don't have to love someone to be in on a similar cause with them, and that's fighting against somebody abusing a position of power, right? It's like, you don't have to agree 100% with everything every somebody says to be kind of fighting the good fight with them. And I think a lot of the time, that's where we get misled, led astray when it comes to like personal identity politics. But I do think we can pick and choose what we agree with people on and fight for a unified cause of wanting a stronger NHLPA and a stronger 
players solidarity Mm -hmm. and I think too you know I think Shana you hit on something really really huge is that the best outcome of this is that many layers of I don't even know if I want to say responsibility but of power and the power structure and the organizational structure take to heed how they can be better advocates and that means being better access points and um, it was reported, I believe, by Aaron Portsline. There was a lot of content that came out of yesterday, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but that Zach Wierenski, who's one of the assistant captains of the Blue Jackets, said after the press conference yesterday that, yes, the original statement was what they thought had existed. But as the players themselves started to talk to each other more and realized that this was a much more serious situation, that the players changed their minds and that the players said, we can't stand for this. And the statement coming out of the room is we are united. I, I couldn't, it was very frustrating for me to see commentary too, like, oh, now everyone's going to be mad at the young players for telling on him or hate Boone Jenner because he said this thing. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's insane. Second of all, again, like we keep saying, it's Mike Babcock. It's not like they had like, how Bruce is this Boudreaux hard? Fired. Like, it's like, it's like, but it was, it was so valuable, I think, to see, a more veteran player on that team like Zach Wierenski come out and say, well, shit, we did learn something. And now we're going to make sure it's, I mean, this is my inference from what his words were, but we're going to try and take better care of these younger players. But like just the, the, the vilification of everyone, but Mike Babcock is mind blowing to me. I just, I couldn't, which takes us to why, as we've hinted at a long time, why would we or anyone be giving Mike Babcock the benefit of the doubt? And we have talked about this idea on our show a lot of times, and we are not sitting here as advocates of cancel culture. The prob- My problem personally with when Mike Babcock was hired is that even in his statement leaving Toronto, even in his statement coming to Columbus, there was never any discussion of the work he did to better himself or to acknowledge anything he did before was wrong or anything like that. And the stuff he's done is like, Chris Chelios is saying it's some of the most harmful behavior he's ever witnessed a coach give to a player. Like this is, this is not good stuff. And, and didn't he just say to Franzen too, like, well, I tried to say, sorry. Yeah, exactly. You tried, like you tried. You've got, you've got to two teams since. How many times we have to talk about this because there's so many other good I mean, and I will say, maybe the light at the end of the tunnel is um, Lionel's comments about the new head coach and how mm-hmm. excited he is, and he he's worked with him and has loved him forever. Vincent so maybe Pascal, yeah, yeah, maybe it gives him a good chance. Pascal Vincent, Pascal Vincent, excuse me. Yes, yeah, see, I've got <laughs> my guys. Listen. We are rusty right we now. We're back. We're so rusty. We're back. But I I do want to give a shout out too because again, as I said, I watched. Um, the press conference, and I'll I'll leave it to you all if you want to watch that or digest that or make your own conclusions. Poor Shana and Sarah had to put up with my rants while I was watching it on whether it was the chat or, or the whatever was going on. But I do want to acknowledge that if you are a member of the media going to a press conference like that, you know there are questions that should be asked and probably need to be asked. But let's be, I'm going to be very real with you people, like to have the strength and conviction to ask those questions, especially on a topic like this can be very hard to do. And so some of the questions to start maybe weren't going to the heart of the manner, in my opinion. And I just want to give a shout out to my former colleague, Nicole Kraft, who's an associate professor of journalism at Ohio State. Um, she also works for the AP and she teaches sports journalism and sports media relations. And 
the, when she asked this question, it was a, towards the end of the availability for Yarmo Kekalainen and John Davidson, wonder why, um, this was her question. And, and I just want to give her a shout out for asking this question. And I'm, I transcribed it. And this was her question. This was to John Davidson. You said we got it wrong. This was a major misstep. This was something that was kind of clear from the beginning that the potential for there to be a problem was here as soon as Mike Babcock's name was floated. People felt this was a very controversial hire and the potential was there for this to be a problem as opposed to going smoothly. Now in hindsight, how would you respond to those who said this was the wrong thing for the Jackets to do at the time? And John Davidson said, maybe they were right. And I think that was a really important question. And I just wanted to give her that shout out because particularly with this individual and Sarah shared her experiences. I haven't had as many as Sarah, but I feel like this is a man you can't throw a cat in a room without finding 10 people who are very angry with Mike Babcock. And it's very frustrating to see this hire go down the way it did. And to be framed as, well, maybe we made a mistake. You have one of the youngest teams in the league and you're bringing in a coach who is notorious for bad vibes in the locker room. Yes, he is different from other coaches like a Joel Quenville who's banned from the league, rightfully so, right? It's a different situation. And that was the thing too. Even when I, this first came about, it was like, well, what's the big deal? Is he really that bad? And it's like, but he is, he is that bad. It might not seem like he's the Bill Peters of the world and Joel Quenville's, but there's varying levels of bad when there's 32 NHL head coaching positions. That's it. 32. And I sound like a broken record. I know because I can't stop saying it, but it is a privilege to be a part of the NHL. It's a privilege to work in the sphere and it's a privilege to have one of those 32 jobs. And if you strike out numerous times, you should have to put in the work to earn that. And you shouldn't just be handed an opportunity when you've done nothing to show that you've learned anything. So the onus is on him to be better, but the onus is on management to ensure that they're better, especially when you're going to bring him in to teach one of the youngest teams in the league. It's it's so terrible that players, nobody wants to advocate for them where it's, oh, toughen up or, oh, this or that. Yes, players need to be tough to play this sport. Yes, nobody wants, you know, they can look, you have to be men. Whatever bullshit you want to throw out there, you still have to protect the 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds. You have to protect the 30-year-old players. You're a manager. Your job is not just putting together the best team, but it's handling every single facet of the game, which is mental too. So like the onus here is on Kekalainen and on John Davidson, who for me, I have been incredibly disappointed with his kind of trajectory from the original time he was in St. Louis to Columbus for what he did in New York, I think was a shitstorm. to this. I, I find it all disappointing disappointing well he was from management and i storm didn't he didn't they kick him out with the shit storm in new york am i getting my timing wrong there's so many that were in and out there. yes <laughs> but there was it's everything it, it just like there were like numerous instances of like thinking he'll handle this well he'll be that stabilizing for right if you don't expect your general manager to be his name carries weight and it's disappointing to me on for him it's disappointing with the way kekalainen's handled this too i'm shocked they are both in their positions at this point. And I know the team doesn't want to cause further instability, but like they cause the instability. It's like, mm -hmm. it, it's like saying like, someone drops a bomb way. in a room and it's like, well, whose fault is this? I don't know the person that dropped the bomb. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. And, you know, I want to be clear too. Like 
Columbus Blue Jackets fans, if you're listening to this, you know I understand your pain. But at the end of the day, this is literally just a game. And we have to hold ourselves accountable to look at what's going on and not just blindly follow anyone. I mean, we're all now literally saying Smith and Chicklets did a great thing. So to Sarah's point earlier, there can't be a blind follow. Look at the thumbs up thing is working again. Did you guys see it in Zoom? No, I didn't. Let's see if I can make it again. No, dang it. Maybe later. Okay. But we're going to be back on YouTube soon. So you can see <laughs> all of this. We're getting there. But the belief perseverance that that was happening in some of the fan base was just disappointing. And I just wish that um, everyone could be better about the most important aspects of a situation. And I, I will say my closing thought, and then I'll leave it to you guys for any closing thoughts is I guess I will say that um, there was another episode of uh, Spit and Chicklets that was released today. Um, again, as I've shared with you, my personal choices that I do not listen to that show. Um, but this was the topic of conversation. There are recaps of it out there if um, you don't want to listen to it yourself. Um, but even Biz was surprising on a Blue Jackets defensive position. He said he asked the media to stop asking the players questions, which I think is huge. Um, and he also said... Um, he actually disagreed with Ryan Whitney saying that Yarmo should get canned. Biz said he didn't like Yarmo's statement, but that Yarmo has a big heart and took a big leap giving a guy a second chance and shouldn't lose his job for this. Now, I'm not saying I agree with that, but again, we're back to the worst person you know just made a good point. Um, but yeah, people I love think- Yarmo. Like in a good, like good people that yeah. I know love Yarmo. I don't know what was happening here. It was, it was insane. But I do think in there too, what's really important is- we just talked about how this show became the voice of the player, like leave the players alone from now on. They're not, it is very clear. It seems the details are not going to be revealed any further. The team is trying to move forward and like, stop, stop. And that's, isn't this a lesson too? We've talked about before. Like, do you remember Conor McDavid was asked about, was asked about the Evander Kane stuff. And it's like, he's damned if he says anything and he's damned if he doesn't, because if he doesn't say, Hey, we know he's done bad things. He's a bad teammate. It might set up the team for failure, but if he says anything, it's not as much as we want to hear the players speak, right? And they're the voices everyone wants to hear. There's a reason there's staff above them, like, I don't know, managers and team presidents and even coaches to handle these things so the players aren't the ones taking the heat for their mistakes. 100%. Sarah, any closing thoughts on all of this specific issue before we move on? I just... I like the way Marty Walsh and the PA handled this. It sets a really good precedent for the future. I'm glad he's gone. I think it's hilarious that it happened before game one. And it was like, we all saw this coming. So I really hope it is a turning point in, but like how many times have I said that? Like the past yeah. Yeah, right. 10 times. If we I just haven't learned back, in the last few years, when the fuck are we going to? Literally. I just want to go back to a statement Akeem Alou made about Bill Peters earlier in the summer when he got, rehired. Um, it wasn't just Bill Peters keeping opportunities away from him. Bill Peters has a wide range of sources and friends throughout the league in managerial roles that kept Akeem Alou blackballed on multiple teams. And guess who Bill Peters learned from? Mike Babcock. And it's like all these play, these coaches and GMs with these old school mentalities have a network where they are looking out for themselves. And the sooner we get all of these bad guys out of the league, the better we can move forward. 100%. Also, 
with that in mind too, Phil Peters at least tried to lie and be like, well, I re- I reached out even though it turned out it was through a second party, whatever, 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 right? Like he tried to make it a little more difficult to be like, look, I'm a good guy. My Babcock has been out here going, I didn't do anything wrong. His statement departing the team literally was saying, I'm taking myself out of the mix, so I'm not a distraction. I don't hurt anyone on this team. This man has told everybody, every single person, because everyone gave him an opportunity to talk, that he's still a shitty human. And everyone just went, okay. Like, he didn't even try to lie about it and go, yeah, I've changed. And it turns out he didn't. And, oh, yeah, I, I reached out to this player and we discussed. And it was like, well, it turns out it was through X, Y, Z and you have to do a little digging. Like, he made the jobs easy for everyone and everyone still pat him on the back. Absolutely. So reporters be better. Players associations be better. Coaches be better. Organizations be better. Again, you can change. What we all thought was perfectly fine five, ten years ago is not fine today. That's evolution. That's being woke baby in Biden's America. Thanks, Biden. (laughs) (laughs) We'll move on. We are going to have a full slate of our regular segments next week. But in the interest of the time, we wanted to devote to that, which was, of course, our shit list segment, if you couldn't tell. There was some very, very important hockey talk um, in terms of what has also been going down this week in particular. Um, And as I was on my way here to record, I got to have it was great to have people stop me to talk about this. Um, even though training camp starts in just a few scant days. And it is the first ever draft of the PWHL. And I think we should turn to the person that I know who knows the most about the women's game. And if you're not reading her or the Ice Garden or Victory Press or Black Rosie Media, um, you're falling behind. But this is the woman who's writing, I want to read on The Athletic about the women's game, Shayna Give us the highlights of not just what happened in the PWHL draft on Monday, but why it's so important. Well, we didn't even get to talk about any of this, right? Like this all right. happened while we right. were taking our break. But hello, there is one league that everyone has been asking for for some time. And it has good and bad to it. You know, some of the situations are awkward because it feels like PHF and NWHL history isn't being respected and a lot of you know the national team players are getting the spotlight but at the end of the day there is one league with salaries there's minimums there's maximums it's it's different from the salaries we heard of you know the last couple years but there's salaries that it looks like will actually be paid there's There's some really there's a cba before the league even started like that's incredible there are so many interesting details of it from average salaries that a team has to have and number of contracts that have to have term versus not like it's so different from the NHL. It's so exciting. Yes, it's only six teams right now, but if they do well, there's the opportunity for more. And there are a shit ton of talented players ready to thrive on like best on best competition. So when you see these games, watch them, support them, go to them, do all the things that we all yell about all the time, because that's a very big thing. But there was a player draft that happened after every team made three initial signings. Uh, you had to enter for the draft to be in it. So if you're wondering why someone like Petra Niemann wasn't drafted, she didn't enter but maybe next year. Um, But we have such exciting teams. Uh, Like Boston is one of I'm going to be at every single game. That's amazing. Like I, Hillary Knight, Sophie Jacks. Sophie Jakes on that blue line. Like, oh my God, they have Lauren Gable. Like that, that roster. And they got Alina Mueller. They got Alina Mueller at three, which she shouldn't have been available at three, but she was just absolutely incredible stuff there from, 
all the different teams like Ottawa, you could look at and go, I'm so excited about their management and their coaching situation. They made some great picks and, you know, Montreal surprised me with some of their picks and I thought that they crushed as well. And obviously they have Marie-Philippe Poulin, so good for them off the bat. And, you know, there's going to be room now for some extra signings. So I wonder if we see someone like Michaela Grant-Mentis who wasn't drafted get signed or Akani Shija. She's coming off a tough year in Toronto and I have to think that has something to do with it, but I... You know, like we saw someone like Daryl Watts who also had a tough year and she got drafted earlier than I would have expected. So I'm hoping Grant Mentis gets uh, signed because teams still have to fill out the rest of their rosters. And I'm hoping the Shiga sisters from Japan, Akani uh, Shiga is such a sick score. I want to see her in this league too. So it's all of it. All of it's great. Wonderful. I love it. Um, it's it's going to be so exciting to see like this actually come together and Hopefully it's broadcasted in a way that we can all watch it. And it's very easy because that would be ideal. And, you know, on nice cameras and not doorbell cams, but it feels like there's finally <laughs> progression, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? I like totally agree with you. And I think we should acknowledge that this wouldn't be possible without the hard work from people on both sides and in both leagues that have brought us here today. And I know people will always have criticisms about the way that this went down. I am excited that we are moving forward though. 100%, yeah. 100%. And I think, again, there were two entities. I know they weren't technically leagues, but at least everyone's pulling on the same rope right now. Yeah. And I have to hope that this does improve things. And I also have to hope um very seriously that because you know we talked about some players who haven't been drafted yet but a lot of players who were able to pursue their hockey dream as a job or a part of a job don't have those jobs now because there are fewer teams and fewer roles so to the point of supporting this league and these teams I hope that it can grow so that those athletes who previously had been able to at least in part make some of their living from playing the game that they are amazing at and that they love I hope that those opportunities come back up um, and that this game grows because that is the one thing that makes my heart hurt is that a lot of players who were able to get this game in front of more eyes um, right now that for reasons that I understand has had to contract so I hope that that can can come back I hope so because it's so it must be so incredible to think about it. Like you're Taylor Heisey, you're finishing college and you know you get to leap into a professional league and players like Jesse Confer are experiencing that right now. Like that has to be such an incredible feeling. Like, oh my God, we have something here. So hopefully, you know, I know some people were so quick to be like, well, I can't keep up with women's hockey because I don't understand what's going on with the two different entities and I don't know how to watch and I don't know this. And yes, I understand it was complicated, but like at the, you know, at the heart of it, if you wanted to support it, you could, there are ways to do it. You just have to put in the effort. It's made easier for everybody now, right? Mm-hmm. No there's excuses no, now. There's no excuses. If you want to see it grow, you have to support it. So it's going to be exciting when we see the arenas get announced, the team names, the color schemes, the everything, you know, everyone's going from scratch. And I know it's hard because it does feel like there was history in cities for, you know, if the Minnesota Whitecaps aren't the Whitecaps, it's going to be upsetting more so than I think any of the actual PHF names from the last few years. But to be at a league at the ground level from scratch, you know, we all enjoy it with Vegas and Seattle, seeing them grow from scratch. Now we're getting a full league from scratch. Like, enjoy it. And if you want to talk shit that it's only six teams, um, you're probably a big NHL fan. I, I hope you can go back to the history books and see what they were originally and mm-hmm. how they got here. 100%. And Sarah, you're going to have to get us Boston gear because we've got yep. two of our faves there already. So, um, but speaking of wait. but speaking of gear, um, we knew that the Babcock news was our top headline. 
but we would never, ever record an episode without Sarah's favorite segment. Sarah, what time is it? They don't I love how you geared up for that. <laughs> that was a big one. This it. is a big year for us. <laughs> it's our year, baby. Shayna, you have the floor. To expand our very unique and very stylish store where you can find things like Biddle News merch. If you're such a fan of that, we have to get a drum set that says Biddle News for Sarah, though. Like, I know. Anyway. I, I need my drum set. We need it. Bongo something. A snare drum. I don't give a shit. Someone, anyone, a drummer that's listening because we know you're all listening. We'll ask Piper. We'll ask Piper to help us out. Yes, there we go. Piper, a true friend of the pod. You know, we're merching this, this, uh, we're merching this. My merching. God, we are launching merch. Friend of the pod merch for <laughs> all of you people listening. Anyone that joins the show. It's so exciting because you're truly all listening. We have so many friends that we want you to be able to show that you're friends of the pod. So that merch is officially live. You can find it on our store with a link. Allison, what is our store link? Because I too don't... Many, too many men merch.com. Thanks to Ashley and James, who I actually saw at Prospect Camp. So we thank them for that URL. And that's where you can find friend Oh the pod merch. We're legit, eh? Hey. We're really we don't have any dashes anymore in our link. I forgot. I'm <laughs> no like fuck, fuck fuck. I don't know. <laughs> but no, that was a that was something that uh we heard loud and clear from y'all. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. We're excited about it. And hopefully we'll I, I got a text from someone today who said um they were in a different state than I am in, and they said that their brother has a friend who wears a too many men um hoodie. So we're taking over, folks. We're taking over. Check that out on the store. Let us know what you think. We're going to put it on a few items to start. And if there's more items that you need it on that we don't have it on, um, let us know. Um, we are going to wrap up this episode as we do every episode. And that is with our very favorite game of Fuck, Mary Kill. And in light of easing back into the NHL season and getting our words and our voices and our storytelling back around us, our feet underneath us, if you will, we wanted to acknowledge a little bit of a trend that's going on in pre-camp news, and that is teams that don't have a captain naming or not naming a captain. So, Sarah, I'm going to have you go first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Here are your options. Fuck, Mary kill. Naming a captain who is a veteran, i.e. St. Louis with Braden Shen. Option two, naming a captain who is a promising young star, as in Vancouver and Quinn Hughes, or denying Seth Jones his captaincy for now <laughs> by being Chicago Blackhawks and not naming a captain at all. What do you say? God, in this specific instance, I have to marry not naming a captain at all. Sorry, I don't know if Seth Jones is the guy, and I think there's a new era to usher in in Chicago Blackhawks lore and I think I really love Kyle Davidson and I really think he's on the right track and is doing all the right things with the rebuild and I think raw doggy and Connor Bernard's first year is probably like the way to go <laughs> and then I'm going to ooh, I have to fuck the veteran I think that's just tried and true he's but especially Chen has been through the ups and downs especially with the St. Louis Blues like they're what a bizarre team that has continued to be bizarre, but he was there for glory days that have passed them by. And I like that. And I'm going to have to kill the promising young player. Ooh. I do 
I love Quinn Hughes. I am the number one Quinn Hughes gal of Boston, Massachusetts, I'd say. But I just think sometimes you're jumping the gun when it comes to something like that. Like, I don't know, Jack um, Eichel in Vegas, or not Vegas, in Buffalo. Um, Buffalo comes to mind in certain situations where it's like, let him be jeweled before you, it, like there's too much pressure on him. Dana, your votes, please. Okay. Um, I'm going to fuck the young player because there's the definite flaws there of, you know, throwing them into this situation, this leadership role, and maybe that can weigh on them too soon, especially like if you're someone like, say, a Connor Bedard or a Quinn Hughes, like you were drafted very highly. There's a ton of pressure on you as it is to reach your game, and you're probably on a bad team. So that can be a tough one. And I know some people can handle it. Look at Nathan McKinnon. I think Sidney Crosby are the prime examples of it can work. But sometimes I think you need to wait a year or two before you give it to them, which is why I will marry not naming a captain because sometimes patience is the very good thing to have. And it feels like in Chicago, not throwing that on Connor Bedard is the right move. And you can have a leadership group for the time being and let him acclimate that way to being a part of the leadership group off the bat. Like I think of the Rangers who didn't have a captain for a million years and had four alternate captains. And it was so awkward too. Like they're talking to the referee and here's four players approaching them because who's going <laughs> to do it. It's all of us. It's a team effort, but there's something funny about that because that's what they chose to do and have players like Adam Fox and Ryan Lingren in the leadership, you know, kind of sphere that they had. And it, it was a different approach. And I think you don't have to have a captain. I know there's so much, you know, tradition in hockey, but I think it's interesting when you don't have one. So I will marry that because that seems like the best, you know, one size fits all solution. Sometimes uh, I will kill the veteran. Sorry. I know some guys really deserve it. I do appreciate when a veteran gets the captaincy for a bit, but I also think the veteran status is tough because sometimes it'll overvalue a player and it's even more awkward if they get moved or stripped of that captaincy. Like we saw with someone like Dustin Brown or Joe Thornton or Blake Wheeler, it can be really awkward. Or if they get moved like a Bo Horvat, you know, it, it's a tough one. I think when you get, if you're a captain there for eight years and get moved, it's a different conversation, but let's say you get it at age 32 and they want to move you out by the time you're 34, because you're not good anymore. It's a really tough one. So, you know, sometimes teams hold on to the players because they shouldn't trade them because they're the captain or they do. And the vibes are weird. So I just want to like avoid that altogether. All right. This is like an exercise in like debate club because now I feel like I just have to pick differently so that we don't all like. You love doing that. No, this you year, love it. say yeah. what you feel. Say what you think. We okay. do. You have okay. to. All right. I, I, mm, I'm going to kill the old captain because I do think like if you feel someone has leadership qualities, I feel like those can come around sooner. And I feel like it shouldn't be like, oh, this is cute. Like now we're like going down a little bit and here you go you can have a c because we got rid of you know all of our other leadership um see here's the thing i kind of want to marry no captain because the reality it doesn't actually matter and <laughs> it is kind of fun for the fan bases to like kind of lose their minds out over that but then it becomes really exhausting because fans keep losing their minds over that so therefore i will fuck no captain and I will marry the young captain because I appreciate your points about timing I think it is relevant to say we're going to wait a few years but if you feel as I just said if you see leadership qualities you see it if you feel you've seen it and you see it in your young player and this player is becoming a part of your core give them some time but then allow them to be part of that core and lead your organization onto where they're going to go next how's that sound I kind of did 
I like it though. It's I think it, it's, it's like <laughs> you have, everything has a good argument here. Cause I was really torn on the two. Like I had them flipped in my head originally. And then I'm like, eh, it, it, eh. that's, that's an, I like that we're on yeah. the same page for one thing. Each of us has one very element. Situational. Very yeah. much so. Very much so. That is true. All right, my friends, that is it for us this episode. We are so happy to be back. Maybe next episode, we'll talk about why downtime and rest was so valuable to us and the benefits of not being on social media as much, whether forced or chosen. Um, but until we talk next, be sure to follow us on the socials. We are on Instagram and Twitter. I'm still calling it that. That's what it is at two <laughs> underscore much underscore man. Let us know what you want to talk about. Suggest our next FMK topic. And if you want to support Too Many Men in other ways, you can go to the aforementioned Too Many Men merch.com and shop away. We turn all that money back out into the universe. We don't keep it. It goes elsewhere. And if you happen to be fortunate to find one of us in person, we may actually have Too Many Men stickers that may or may not be on us that we may be willing to share. So who's to say? But until we talk again, please do whatever you can, no matter how big or small, to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. We'll talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye. <laughs>